If you have a copy of God's Word, we're going to continue our study in the book of Romans. We're going to be in Romans chapter 6, and we're going to be looking at verses 5 through 11 here this morning. Again, Romans chapter 6, we're going to be looking at verses 5 through 11. If you need a Bible, raise your hand, and someone will bring you a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, it's our gift uh, from Christ Redeemer Church to you. Um, so uh, if you need a Bible, um, please let us serve and love you in this way by giving you a Bible here this morning. It tells us in Romans chapter 6, starting at verse 5. If, for if, we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin, for one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we have also we will also live with him. Verse 9. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him, over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. We pray for us this morning. Ask the Lord to help you walk through this text here this morning. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy. For bringing us back again to be in your word. Lord, I am so un, uh, unprepared or I'm not prepared enough or, Lord, I'm so weak this morning. I'm nervous this morning. But all of these things are here this morning, but Lord, you are strong. Yes, Lord. You are my strength. Yes, Lord. And I can trust you right now. Yes, Lord. So help me, Lord, as I preach your word faithfully, Lord. Yes, Lord. That your people here, Lord, this morning may be hurting from jobs and from health, from various, from anxiety, mm. depression. Lord, you are the answer. Yes, Lord. You are the answer, Lord. So Lord, we ask you, Lord, to help them this morning. Help me this morning. Let your people leave here change, Lord. Yes, Lord. Be reminded that they met with their God this morning. So, Lord, we ask you, Lord, to be with us as we walk through this book this morning. Encourage us, Lord. In Christ, let me pray. Amen. 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 One thing we ask in this life, we said, what can last forever? Many people say, well, Jesus lasts forever. God lasts forever. But what's in this world within God's natural creation? What lasts forever? Think about that. <clears throat> One thing I can think of that lasts forever is energy. Energy. Because energy converts to matter. Y'all don't remember this in school? <laughs> All that cheating caught up with y'all then. All that cheating. They caught up with y'all. But energy what can turn to matter. Mm -hmm. It's one of the only things that can last forever. One thing I'm getting to a lot now is gardening, right? And so, like chicken eggs. Eggs are a good source of, well, the shell of an egg is a good source of calcium. 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 
Bananas are a good source for potassium. So a lot of times, if you want to extract, 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 I can't even say the word, potassium out of banana, you can put it in water to absorb it out of it, but the potassium is still there. Same thing about a lot of the natural elements. But energy is so unique. The energy lasts forever. It might look different at times. It might look different because it turned into matter, but energy lasts forever. That should be encouraging for us this morning, family. When you are saved by Christ, it's forever. And it might look different at times in life when trials come our way, when tribulations come our way, and difficulties might come our way. A lot of times we might think in our head that, well, God has left me. That's a lie. God never leaves his people. Amen. And how he loves us, it might just look different. Amen. I just saw that a moment ago, my wife and Mark had a little time over here. And so she straightened him out because she loved him, right? And sometimes, right, you might see a parent like the Hudson family that took out Izzy yesterday for a birthday. They might love her and take it out for a birthday. And God has graced her with great parents to take her out for a birthday. Many of us have been loved by God. Many of us have jobs, right? And so God loves us, right? He loves us, might be differently, but his love is there. Amen. Especially for those that are believers. Amen. Is that his love is with us forevermore. And some might be thinking like Creston, is that what Paul gets at in Romans? Yes. This is what he's getting at in Romans 6 and Romans 5. Paul has built the case so far. He wrote this letter to the people in Romans. So we have a book called Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Titus, Ephesians. Those were letters. Paul wrote those letters to encourage them. And I always ask you all, have you ever written a letter before when you were young? You might wrote a letter to someone that you might have known. You just all of a sudden didn't write the letter. You wrote the letter to tell them you love them. You tell them, hey, I can't wait to see you. You had a purpose in writing the letter, right? Well, in Paul in this text, he had a purpose to writing the letters to the Roman church. He wanted to encourage them. He wanted to encourage them of the gospel. To encourage them what Christ has done for them. How Christ has, has died for them. And that one day he's going to come, Paul's going to come see them. He's going to encourage them more. But be reminded that Christ has died for sin. And all have sinned. And we can live to Christ forevermore. Amen. So what happened, Paul knows in his church. He said, you guys got it in your head now that Christ died for your sins, that Christ loved you when you were sinners, but do you believe it during hard times? Mm. A lot of times with so much churchy, churchy, right? We know all these right phrases. We know all the right songs. But when hard times hit, a lot of times it go out the window. Come on now. Matter of fact, a lot of times we don't even believe it. Though mm -hmm. we really truly believe it, we will rest in it. And I'm not saying in a time of grieving and lamenting, the Bible give us freedom for that. But a lot of times we find ourselves complaining so much in this world instead of trusting the Lord. Mm. And Paul just reminded them that, hey, the reason why people are complaining the reason why people are giving in to temptation, because they don't know that with Christ, they live forever, they have salvation forever, they are redeemed forever, and no one can snatch it out of their hands. 
Because once we realize that we have it all in Christ, we wouldn't be able to spend so much time indulging to the, the fruitful things of this world. So that's what Paul gets at here today in our text. I'm going to do it in three points today. United to Christ in point one, verse five. Point two, no longer enslaved to sin, six and seven. And the last point, allowed to God in eight through 11. If I could title this this morning, forever alive to God. Everybody say forever, forever. Alive, alive to God. To God. Forever alive to God. That's good news. Amen. It's never a time that God kisses out. We're going to be forever alive with him. How do we know this? Look at point number one with me. United to Christ. Verse five. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Paul now continues with why do we don't why we don't continue in sin? Because we are united with him. This, this him is Christ. The reason why we don't continue in sin is because we are united in Christ. And to be united to Christ is to be into union with him. And the perfect picture of a union is the Trinity. The Father. Son and the Holy Spirit. The, the Father loves His Son. The, the Son loves the Father. The Spirit loves the Father and the Son. They love each other in the union that the Father doesn't backstab His Son. The Son doesn't backstab His Father. It's a lot different from us, right? And our friendship. In this world, friends backstab each other often. But within the Trinity of God, God is showing you what faithful friendship looks like. If so you want to see faithful friendship, the father didn't leave the son in the grave. He raised the son back up on the third day. You want to see faithful friendship, right? You see how the father and the, and the son sent the Holy Spirit so we won't be alone for the Holy Spirit to be able to, be able to lead us to be able to still honor the father and the son. Amen. So true union is in Christ. And by, not only that is in Christ and the father, son, and the Holy Spirit. By us being married to Christ, we get that union as well. Again, I, the stacks and stacks and stacks of money that I brought to my marriage, right? The stacks, which it should belong to me, right? But I have to share, once I married my wife, everything that I have, it belongs to her. Everything she has belongs to me. It's a beautiful thing about marriage. And the good thing, too, is that this earthly marriage between me and my wife, God gave us that to point to a glorious picture for Christ being married to his church. Amen. So how can we see Christ married to the church daily? How Christ leads the home. How my wife, right, serve in the family. How we love each other. So in the same way as Christians, are we are married to Christ and get all the benefits. We're in union with Christ. So if Christ is kind, we should be kind. kind. If Christ brings about peace, we should be peaceful. Long-suffering with those. And those 12 disciples were some knuckleheads, weren't they? Oh, they were something else. Even one of them rose up and even rebuked them. Y'all got one of them kids in your house that get a little disrespectful. Mm. Well, Peter was one of them. Peter got a little disrespectful with God, like, no, you're not going to leave and die on the cross. You ain't going nowhere. You're going to walk with me. And Jesus said, 
Say it and get behind me. Mm -hmm. How you say it? Did I say that right? <laughs> I said it right. I rebuked you. And so Peter got rebuked by the Lord at times. But the beautiful thing about that, Christ never separated his union from them. For those who are truly of him. Eventually we find out Judas was a snake, right? Judas wasn't a true disciple, even though he walked with them. Mm. What we find out here in this text is though is that the union that we have, we are united with him and death. By united with Christ and death, is that with Christ. Christ died. He died on the cross. He died for sin. It wasn't his sin, Byron. It was the sin of the people that he created. It was our sin that have sinned against him. For those that believe in him, it's their sins. Jesus died for something that didn't belong to him. Sure. How many of y'all take a charge for somebody? Raise your hand. Not too many. Not too many would take a charge. <laughs> Jesus took a charge that didn't belong to him. I'm a... I didn't get the NLE chopper either. Mm. <laughs> but Jesus took a charge that didn't belong to him. He didn't have warrants after him. Mm. But became a person with many warrants. He done that. He did that. And tasted punishment so that those who he came to save can be set free by Judge Brown. Oh, I mean, the father judge. And a unique way, though, is that now that Christ had to die. And so by Christ dying for the sins of his people, now for us that believe in Jesus, the first thing we see is we have to die. I'm not saying go on and shoot somebody, y'all. But wait, wait, wait before you leave here. I'm saying dying spiritually. The old person that loved the things of this world, the, the selfish things of this world, we have to die to those things and be raised up to be a new creature in Christ. Amen. Amen. To be a new person that loves new things now. So for those that die, we are to what? Mirror Christ dying. This reminds me of the USA Basketball Olympics team. How players from all over the the United States from different NBA teams will come together from the Lakers, the Celtics, the, the Bucks, the Suns, and Grizzlies. From all these NBA teams, the best players will be on this Olympic team. They'll all come together and represent the United States. When the United States are playing other countries of the world. So these players, which were at odds during the season with each other, they will put their odds to the side of Isaiah and Michael Joy, right? They still don't like each other today. <laughs> But for the most part, these players that will play against each other in the Western Finals or the Eastern Finals, they have put their differences to the side to be in union with each other for a common goal. Hmm. Got me thinking, which team y'all think was the best Olympic team ever? A lot of folks think the 2008, the Redeemed team. With Bron Bron and Dwayne Wade, Chris Paul, Camelo, Chris Bosh, and a couple more. Some say the 2012 London Olympics team with Braun and Kobe and Dwayne, Chris Paul, uh, Camelo Anthony, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook. But the last team I think is kind of mentioned the most. They call it the dream team with Michael Jordan, mm -hmm. Magic Johnson, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Chris Mullen, 
John Stockton, David Robinson, Patrick Union. I don't know. I think COVID could have got them boys, though. <laughs> I think COVID could have got them. Could COVID get them, y'all? Yeah. Who said yes? Raise your hand. The, the Lord, the Lord, listen. The Lord, hear your prayers. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been a tough team. But this team, the dream team, was loaded. And they were all together, and they had to work together to care about this coming goal, and this team did it. They won these world championships in basketball. Very similar in Christ, right? How they have to come together and represent, right? They have to represent the United States. They have to go through things together. They have to be united together for this coming goal. But for those that are in Christ, we are united with him. And as we are united with him, we look like him. We look like them. I mean, so you're thinking about like someone like Michael Jordan and Larry Bird. They're going against each other. They're trying to get points to the other team. There's no way the dream team can work. Hmm. But the shoe union team, they have to work together. They have to look the same. For those in Christ, I mean, we have to look like Jesus. Hmm. To be in union with him, if he died, we must die. If he lived, we must live. And that's what it gets here in our test today. We are in union with him, so we must look like him, even in his death. Point number two is another example of the union in Christ. Look at point number two. No longer enslaved to sin. We know that our old self was crucified with him, order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. Paul again is writing to the Roman church again. Our old self is the self we used to be before we became a Christian. Our old self is done away with. We don't do the things we used to do. We look different now. I remember I used to work at UPS. I can't go back to UPS and say I want to clock in today to move some packages. I remember I used to work at GE. I can't clock back in for GE and say, hey, I'm starting work today. In the same way, if you are in a union with Christ, you aren't what you used to be. If you have been crucified with him in Christ, you are not the same person you used to be. To be crucified is to be put to death. Again, Christ was put to death, so you must be put to death to be a different person. Sin was brought to nothing. By sin being brought to nothing, the sin now we're not enslaved to it anymore. Sin doesn't have a power over us anymore. And let me say this real quick. You know, that no one in this room is perfect. Look to your neighbor. Okay. No one in the room is perfect. The person that you just looked at is not perfect. If we were perfect, why do we need a savior? Come on now. We need a savior because we're not perfect. And I can say I'm the chief sinner in this room. Christ is perfect. Yes. And by him being perfect, him being righteous, he still died. You're like, Chris, that don't make sense. How can a perfect person die? Because he died someone else's death. It was the death of the people that you just looked at in the room. That believed upon him. The reason why our old self was crucified with him was so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. 
This reminds me of Kozo in basketball. A lot of kids in basketball, a lot of them start off so young with bad basketball techniques. And they take the same technique to the fourth grade, to the fifth grade, to the sixth grade, all the way to high school to take the same bad technique. But a good coach come along, right? Come along and try to help them with and fix those techniques. Mm -hmm. Even though the still might go back to them every now and then, but for the most part, the player is changed because the coach has taught them something new. The Holy Spirit is the best coach. Amen. The Holy Spirit is the best coach. And the things, the bad habits and the things we used to do, the Holy Spirit is right there with us teaching us new habits, teaching us new things because the, new, the Holy Spirit gives us a new spirit in us. But every now and then, Kozo might teach the kids to get in the triple threat. They don't get into it. Kozo, look at them. Then they get back into it. And every now and then, when we get out of line, the Holy Spirit does the same thing for us. It looks to us by giving us scriptures, reminding us who we are in Christ for us to get back on track. So, family, those players that Zoe's coaching now, they're not enslaved to those bad habits anymore. They have better habits. They might mess up every now and then, but they're still enslaved to new habits now. And the same thing as Christians. We messed up, don't we? Some of y'all messed up this morning, didn't you? Y'all the righteous folks. I messed up this morning, then y'all didn't mess up. I messed up this morning, right? And I messed up yesterday. I probably messed up the day before that, right? And all those things that I might have messed up here and there, the Spirit came, right? And the Spirit encouraged me. Hey, Christian, you was wrong about this. And now that I was encouraged, now to walk more in the Spirit now. So when we mess up, the Spirit comes in there and corrects us again for those that are in Christ. So we're not enslaved to these things anymore. We might mess up every now and again, but for the most part, we hate our sins now. So if you are enslaved to sin, then on the opposite side, you have not been crucified to him. If you continue in liking the same stuff you used to like, you haven't been crucified with him. Mm. If you have been crucified with him, you hate the things you used to enjoy. Mm. And even the things you used to enjoy every time, even as believers, we <laughs> dive back in and say, oh, man, I did that again. Man, I messed up again. You feel that, don't you? Mm -hmm. But if you don't have no conscience like, man, you, you, you enjoying doing the things of this world, you haven't been crucified with him. And the good news, good news is that you can be crucified with him today by his grace. Amen. For those in here that have been crucified, they are set free from the abundance of sin. They aren't enslaved anymore. This reminds me of a caterpillar. Caterpillar, y'all. Can, can a butterfly turn back into a caterpillar? No, sir. One person says this, no. The, the life cycle of a butterfly called complete metamorphosis goes one way, not backwards at any time. A butterfly cannot go back and be a caterpillar. And for those that are in Christ, we cannot go back and be unbelievers. Come on now. In the Christian life, that once we are in Christ, we cannot go back. 
even though at times a butterfly might hop around <laughs> like a caterpillar, but a butterfly can never be a caterpillar, caterpillar again. But for us in Christ, we can never go back and be what we used to, what we used to be. We are something new now in Christ. Again, I say this again. If you go back to your old self, you were never crucified at all. Mm. But if you have been crucified with Christ, you have a new identity in Christ. You enjoy the things of Christ. You enjoy serving others. You enjoy being kind to others. Because Byron reminded me of that. He can be doing anything. He's serving the kids in the community. Amen. Setting aside his time to be able to love these kids, to point them to something greater than just, you know, video games, something better in life. What are we doing as believers in Christ? Are we pointing those around us to Jesus? Or are we pointing those around us to gossip, to anger, to hostility? What are we pointing those around us? For us to be truly in Christ and be crucified in Christ, we point people to what does it mean to be crucified in Christ? And for those that are crucified in Christ, family, it's that forever benefit. Point number three, the last point here. Shall I take Lincoln again? Say I'm told one over time. Allowed to God, verses 8 through 11. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Yeah. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, would never die again. Death no longer had dominion over him. For the death he died is died to sin. Once for all, but the life he lives and lives to God. So you also must consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Paul continue with encouraging why we don't continue in sin. Because we have died with Christ, that we will also live with him as well. Christ lived by being raised to the Father. Then we will live as well. We're going to be raised to the Father as well. And we're going to live as well because we've been raised to newness of life. Christ would never die again. Family, we would never die again. Yes, these earthly bodies right, will be depleted and die, but our spirit will go on and get new bodies forevermore for those in Christ. Thank you, Lord. So Christ been raised right to the Father. We're going to be raised to newness of life. How do we know this? It tells us in the text that death does not have dominion anymore. Death cannot destroy us. Mm. How do we know this even farther? Christ was not Christ was not left in the grave. Yes, sir. He has overcome the grave. Yes, sir. He showed you that he has dominion over death. Mm. And for us that are in Christ, we can testify for those that have been baptized. When you went into the water representing being died, dying, right? Then you raised back up to newness of life. Yes, that was a picture and a testimony that we are no longer dead to sin anymore. We are alive in Christ, that even how Christ has dominion, we are living testimony of that dominion. Mm. That's why we're here this morning, to celebrate the newness of life, that we have life because Christ has life. Mm. Jesus died once for all. Elijah, he don't have to continue to die. It says once, Elena. It said once for all. 
Many may think for all is this for everyone in the world. That Jesus died for everyone, so everyone that has sinned or forgiven, everyone go to heaven. It don't matter if you're a Buddhist, a Muslim, whatever the case might be, you can go to heaven. That's not what this text is saying. That's not what it's saying. Because we have a lot of scriptures saying many are going to be thrown into the lake of fire. It says in Revelation 21 8. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as murder, sexual immoral, sorcerers, idolatry, liars, their portion will be in the lake of fire that burns with fire and suffer in the second death. Matthew 25 41. Then he would say to those on the left, Depart from me, you curse, until you turn fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. Matthew 25, 46. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but they're righteous until eternal life. There are two sides here. I went to some basketball game yesterday, and I saw two different teams. Those players can't be on the same team. They're playing against each other. In the same way, for those that are in Christ, Christ has a team, right? It is a team that's not a Christ team. They're all together. The devil part of that team too. They are all together over there. But Christ's team is over here. And Christ's team look different. And for the one that said once he died once for all, those he talking about all are those on his team. Mm -hmm. Remind me of John 17, a couple of verses remember about how Jesus died for all believers. I'm praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. John 10, 15. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for my, for my, I lay down my life for the sheep. It's a definite article there. John 6, 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me. Who comes to Jesus? All that was given to him by the Father. Whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. John 10, 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd laid down his life for the sheep. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. And I keep going on many different verses on the uniqueness of this. And some of y'all might say, man, that's not right, God. Like, what's happening here? Well, family, let me back us up back to Romans 3. All of us in this room have sinned, right? Raise your hand if you sin. All of us in this room have sinned, and none of us in this room deserve heaven because we have sinned. Because to get heaven on the, re to, to the requirement, right? Every job, you want to get a job at McDonald's or Cummins or Tyson, wherever you, what else y'all work in? Central Maloney? The who? I don't know that. <laughs> but, but for the most part, though, is that to, get, to, to work somewhere, you got a requirement to get in the door to get the job, right? Right, right. In the same way, for those right in heaven, God has also criteria. For heaven. And the criteria is, criteria is, is to be perfect. So who in this room can, can meet that criteria? None of us. So heaven is, is only three persons are in heaven there, right? If that's the case, the Father, Son, and the Spirit. They got this big old mansion by themselves. But God in his goodness, though, he saw all this room they had within themselves. The father drew up this plan. The father said, okay, 
I'm going to create, and we're going to create a people made in our image after our likeness, and they're going to be able to see this heaven. And they're going to be able to see my glory. And they're going to be able to see creation. I'm going to make them, I'm going to create them so they can see all of my glory. And that's what God did. He created all of us in this room, Lena, to see his glory. And when he created Adam and Eve to see his glory, the first thing they said, God, we don't want to see your glory, but we want to be glorified. Hmm. And they said, we want to eat upon the tree so we can be gods. Hmm. And so we can be over you. And God was like, hold on, like, we, we had heaven by ourselves, and heaven was fine. I just created y'all to see this goodness, and y'all now don't want to see this. Y'all rejected heaven, so you have heaven on earth with selfish idolatry. Hmm. What's the false heaven on earth? Hmm. And so what God said, okay, well, I'm going to do then. Still, in eternity past, God said, I'm going to send my the father, I'm going to send my only son. And I'm going to save some in this world. I'm going to save some, and no one can say it's not fair because nobody deserves it. Hmm. Like that job offer, right? You get that job, you, you don't have any requirements. All your drug tests, what's the test you take? And all of them came back positive with weed and all this stuff is in it. You can't get the job and, you know, all those things. That's us, family. We all are disqualified. But all of a sudden, God in his goodness, God said, okay, they're disqualified, but I'm going to pick some people. I'm going to pick some. And for those that say, well, why did you pick me? Why did you pick whatever? No one can boast, but God in his good own pleasure, right? He can pick some, right, to draw them to himself. And that's what he did. Because if he didn't pick us, we would never chose him. Sure. We would continue in our sins, enjoying our sins. God made us alive when we were dead. Again, I've seen so many funerals. I've never seen a dead person get up. Because when we are dead, we are dead. You cannot choose anything. Again, we were all in this room dead in the sin. How can we say we believe in God who we're dead in our sins? When you walked down the aisle, you didn't do it by your own strength. It was God working in your life before you even realized it. Mm. And when you walked down the aisle, God already began to good work in you. Mm. And what do we boast? We boast in the Lord. Yes, sir. The Lord has saved us. The Lord has done this work. So for us in this room that are made alive in Christ, that have been chosen by Christ, who are chosen Christ, we don't know. We share the gospel with everybody around us. We don't know who God is going to save, but we share the gospel with everybody. But for us in this room that are saved by Christ, family, we should be the most humble people around. Amen. I know it shouldn't be on the air, but our posture should be with thankfulness and gratitude for what God has done for us. If you're continually griping about things in this life, anger in this life, you haven't tasted the goodness of Jesus. But if you tasted the goodness of Jesus, you are thankful. You might gripe sometimes. You might get mad sometimes. But if you truly taste the goodness of Jesus, it brings you back to humility and thankfulness. Let me end with a couple applications. You kind of are close, Luminous, last three things. Remember that we are united in Christ. So cherish the benefits of being united in Christ. We are truly in Christ. We get all that the Father gives to the Son. So don't take this lightly. This world treasure don't compare to the eternal spiritual treasure we get in Christ.
We are united in Christ. We get all the benefits in Christ. I remember after the game, Coach Byron was in the locker room with the kids. He had some Capri Suns, some juice and candy. And the other team was out, outside the locker room. But all the kids that belong to Coach Byron, they got all these benefits by being a part of the team with him. And family, for us being in Christ, we get all the benefits in Christ. We get all the good things in Christ. Better than Capri Suns. Hmm. Second thing, remember that we are united in Christ even right now. We don't have to wait to heaven to enjoy a spiritual blessing in Christ. Husband, love your wives. We get to taste the goodness that we love our spouses. Husband, love your wives. Because Christ has loved the church. You don't have to wait to heaven to taste it right now. You can taste it as you lead your family daily. We can rejoice right now. It tells us in Philippians 4, 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I would say, Rejoice. rejoice. Mm -hmm. There's never a time that we don't rejoice because God, what Christ has given to us, is forever. We rejoice in every single moment of our time, of our lives. Paul wrote the book of Philippians when he was locked up. And he was rejoicing. Hmm. Family, it's nothing in this world you can say, say well, God give me freedom not to rejoice right now. It said, no, rejoice in the Lord always. always. It's never a point in our life we shouldn't rejoice. Rejoice always. We have peace with others. We are not forsaken by God. The Lord provides for us daily. Family, we have so many things to be thankful for. Let us walk in that truth. You want to see Palm Love turn around? It can start here with Christ redeemed with church for us being kind to one another, being served to one another. We're going to mess up. We're going to mess up. But what does it mean to give people grace? Remember grace. A lot of times we don't want to give people grace. We just got to tell them how it is or tell her how it is. Give grace because grace has been given to you. The grace should stop you right there in your tracks. I can't wait till she get home. I can't wait till you get home. I'm going to say it. Then I'm going to ask you to forgive it later. <laughs> Family, that's pride. The grace of God is like, no. Even though I don't want to give him or her no grace. Family, what Jesus, look what Jesus has given to me. And I have done some, I have done worse to Jesus than what my wife and my husband have done to me. Come on now. We should be so gracious. Last thing, last thing. Last thing, y'all. Lastly, remember that we are alive in Christ forever. So no matter what y'all are going through, nobody can separate you from Christ's love. Them judgmental folks can't do it either. Them folks that bash you behind your back and say that, well, if this about you and that about you. Once you're in Jesus, you're in Jesus forever. Yeah. And so in heaven, you're going to be able to pull up on them like they pull up on you. Y'all going to be in heaven together for those that are in Christ. So whatever you're going through this morning, be encouraged. You are alive in Christ. And that's what Paul has given them assurance in this Romans. That you are alive, you have died to your old ways, do not continue in sin. So let that be here, us here at Christ Redeemer Church. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for us.